Okay, great. So welcome everyone. And welcome, KK. Thank you for joining us today on this Tuesday. So just to give everyone a little bit of more information on KK. KK is a business and brand strategist, coach, and six-time author. He currently serves as the CEO of the A-Game Business, a growth hacking and digital marketing agency that provides innovative strategies to help companies improve business performance, revenue, and brand equity. So his unique coaching style, series of training programs, workshop online courses, and books have helped business leaders and entrepreneurs gain holistic views of strategy, marketing, sales, and operations as a set of business processes that can and should be clearly defined and therefore easily repeatable within the business for long-term growth and success. KK, having written six books, I'm giving the show over to you. Thank you very much. Um, good morning, everyone. I hope you didn't uh, raise my uh, expectations too high for me to meet, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thanks to everyone. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to uh, shut my um, my camera off, if you don't mind, and I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to jump in. And uh, if you have any questions, anybody, you can just unmute yourself or, or text. Chris, if anybody texts, please, will you just you can stop me and then uh, we can we can yep. check out some some questions. OK. Great. All right. Thanks, everyone. It's a brilliant opportunity to be here. I really appreciate it. Um, can I get started? Are you able to see the screen? You should be able to see it now. Perfect. All right. Wonderful. Okay. So um, did everybody get an idea of um, <clears throat> what we're talking about today? Chris, does everybody know? Okay, yeah, so, some idea. Um, yeah uh, we advertised it. Okay, wonderful. So All right. I'm assuming everyone should know. <laughs> okay, great. So, so, I mean, I'll provide a bit of context um, as I progress, right? But uh, everyone, thanks again for your time. What we're going to talk about today is what, what is seen to be a new pandemic that um, business is facing today. Um, and I remember, you know, when, when COVID hit, um, <laughs> You know, I don't know if it was, I guess it was just a matter of timing. In February, when I published um, my last two books, I actually published them at the same time. The last one was uh, on digital transformation. It's called Thrive, So, how, which um, you should see here on the screen right here. Um, Thrive is on digital transformation. And I remember it was really at that time that I, you know, that I'd been doing what I do for about 16 years, which is digital transformation, uh, helping businesses to to. Uh, utilize digital technology and, and, and strategies in, in order to grow and thrive. I actually put out this book and it was just by pure coincidence, like less than 30 days later, we were under lockdown, right? Um, you know, there was COVID and, 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 all, and all the rest. So I just want to say to you, what I'm sharing with you is not just another off the, uh, you know, um, uh, irregular or, or just a random, um, a random discussion, but it's really work that I've been doing for, for nearly 20 years now. And what I'm sharing with you is, is also part of what I've been doing for more than 10 years now, which is around uh, customer relationship management and so forth. So, um, and, and also just to add, what I'm sharing with you isn't just work that's done for startups, small businesses. I've had the privilege of working with uh, multi-billion rand annual turnover companies around the world, uh, as well as startups, small businesses. So what I'm gonna be sharing with you are strategies um, and, and technologies and, and concepts that have really been um, 
tried and tested and implemented across the spectrum in terms of business size, industry, and the likes. And some of you, um, all of you actually know this, um, you know, when, when COVID hits and a, a couple of months down the road and, and a couple of months later, um, we, we saw how some of the biggest and, and most sturdy and stable businesses took a massive knock to a point where they needed to shut down um, while others, other businesses were thriving. Um, you know, I, I'd like to, to go back to the likes of Microsoft, who've uh, along the years, they've also been kind of uh, changing the, the, and adapting their business models and, and, and how they deliver products and services. I mean, some of you will remember there were times when we used CDs. You remember when we used CDs to, in, to install Microsoft and Office? We no longer do that, right? And so we subscribe on a month-to-month -month basis, depending on whatever we, we want to procure. And then you look at Checkers, and I was so blown away when they launched 6060 in 2019, around August. And I remember telling people at conferences that you will see how well Checkers will do. And I don't know if you're aware, but they've been clocking in like an extra billion every year since launching 6060, right? Very little change to their business model. Um, and so what I'm going to be sharing with you is unfortunately only slightly a little bit on the business model concept, but I want to talk to you about context and I'll talk to you about what you can do in order to better connect yourself. But the premise of everything that we're discussing here is there's been a massive change around, um, around what business, um, what customers are expecting at the end of the day. And just before we jump into that, um, I, I took a look at some research recently, and, and um, I, was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see that the University of the Western Cape, for those who, who are familiar with South Africa, is that they said 70 to 80% of small businesses do fail in the first five years, right? Because we always have, you know, this big question is why are so many businesses failing? And is it really truly this high? So University of Western Cape came out with these stats not too long ago. Um, and then uh, a, a few other people, a few other institutions around the world continue to reinforce the fact that you know, only about 33% of, of all businesses, uh, or rather 33% of all businesses are expected to disappear in the next five years. Now, why is that? This is primarily because the customer's expectations, what they want has truly changed. Um, from a point of instant gratification, which means when a customer is looking to buy a product or service or a solution to a, to a problem they have, they expect that solution to be solved right off the bat, right away, or depending on what you are um, uh, promising to them, but they want to be able to get the, the results right away. They also expect on-demand delivery. Now, what's the difference between instant gratification and on-demand delivery? You remember television, right? Television is still broadcast at specific schedules, whatever the case may be. Uh, as an example, I'm gonna use that. On-demand delivery is when I wanna watch something when I want to watch it, right? For example, you look at Netflix, the binge, the binge watching uh, kind of culture. And it, it doesn't only apply on, on, on things like Netflix, but you look at Uber, right? I don't need to have a car, but I can, if I need one right now, I can get it right now. And then something that's also very similar is the subscription economy, which is I will use something for when I want to use it. When I do not want to use it, don't make me have to pay for it. So those are the differences between those three, which have had a massive, massive um, effect uh, in terms of what expectations customers have and therefore what your business needs to deliver. Um, I have seen big business um, and small business entrepreneurs truly undermining the importance of these three components over the years. It's not something that just randomly appeared over the last two years. It's been around for close to two decades. And we've been seeing the trends over, over those two decades, how 
they've been slowly, slowly creeping up on business. And unfortunately, many did not uh, prepare for them. Now, something also that you may um, appreciate is the fact that customers are not the same. Yes, we may have personas. And those personas, there'll be differences now and again here and there, but you will find that most customers, what they want, they will buy what you are offering, but they want a personalized customer experience or a personalized product or service. Two examples that I like to, to bring up at this point, Mercedes-Benz, a couple of years ago, they brought out uh, the, the ability to easily customize your Mercedes-Benz, right? Personalizing it. Nike shoes, same thing. You can go online, design, literally design your own shoe. Or if it's an already designed shoe, you put on the colors that you want. Now that's personalization. And also, um, this may be silly, but you'll see how much, um, you've seen how much of a huge difference it makes when somebody or company sends you an email um, and, and, and they actually call you by your first name. We know how they're doing it, but it makes a difference, right? Uh, and when they get it wrong, it really upsets us, including when they send us birthday messages on the wrong birthday, which, which uh, still cracks me up to this day is how can they get that wrong? But anyway, it happens. Lastly, folks, at least from a contextual perspective, I want to talk to you about the connected customer. 94% of consumers, um, will continue to unsubscribe from content that they find to be irrelevant, okay? Um, so whether they are emails, they are newsletters or promotional messages on social media, whatever the case may be, they will switch off, they will unfollow you and that's it, that's where it is today. 74% of people are likely to switch brands if you make it difficult for them to buy. So you'll do all of this work up to a point where they are ready to make a purchase, but if it's difficult for them to purchase, you would have done all of that work for your competitor. They will completely switch and buy from your competitor. And 51% of customers say they'll never do business with any company uh, after one negative experience, right? The reason is because we have choices these days. You're not the only one doing what you're doing unless you have like a seriously unique product or service. And that's something that I think business people tend to undermine. Just because you have a unique experience, unique qualifications, or whatever the case may be, it does not necessarily make your business unique because we are all unique at the end of the day, right? But it's not necessarily a unique selling proposition. And lastly, on a positive note, 93% of customers says they are likely to become repeat customers if you provide them with a remarkable customer experience, right? So that's the good news. And going back to the age of the connected customer in terms of expectations and what we've what we've seen, um, customers are taking back their personal data and they're expecting more flexibility and even more value from companies. Okay, if you are continuing to provide services and products in the same way that you've always done in the past, your business is failing. You just don't know it yet. It is dying. You just don't haven't you just haven't realized it yet. And with all of the changes with the cookies, I believe Google has 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 announced about a year and a half ago that they're going to end the, the 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 cookie drama right over the next couple of months in the new year. What that means is we will have even less ways to track or be connected with our customer in terms of what they're doing online when they come to our websites and so on. And also. You know, as businesses, we are very much disconnected to our own data because we're using so many different systems, right? Some of you are using a CRM called something else. You're using a marketing automation somewhere else. You are using an, an emailer for something else, right? You have a dashboard. You have a financial uh, finance system that's giving you data. You also have Google Analytics. So you have all of these desperate, disparate systems that are just collecting data uh, from different points and they're all in silos, not being connected to a central point. Unfortunately, that means you are then connected to your customer in terms of all these different 
touch points, including support. Uh, you know, the, the idea of having um, virtual assistants, I mean, that's great, but how connected are you to what they're doing in terms of your customer, right? Is, uh, is all of their data connecting back to any dashboards that you have in your business? And unfortunately, what this means is that we are further and much more disconnected to the customer. We are even disconnected within, the, within our colleagues, okay, in terms of the people working from home and so on. We're still using, um, you know, Zoom, thinking Zoom is going to connect us better. Zoom is great for what it does, but it's still a single-use purpose application. Also, globalization is rising to the max. What this means is business is... Um, is, is, is facing a lot of competition. We are literally facing mega competition at our doorstep because all of these big businesses have come to South Africa, have come everywhere, have come into the global village, which we are now all part of. Again, that raises the bar in a massive way. And also business has lost a lot of trust. So it's very important that we take all of these, um, all of these um, let's call them challenges into perspective and realize that the playbooks that we are using today are outdated some by a decade and making us even more disconnected to our customer. I promise you, I'm not here to depress you. <laughs> I'm just here to, right now, all I'm doing is just painting that context, right? And also just to add, um, to add, I guess, salt to the wound is that the, the you know, the, the buyer journey today has become so complicated, right? Uh, it isn't just a matter of going to a website, clicking on the buy button and then receiving um, the customer, receiving what they're ordering from you, but, you know, there, there's so many different perspectives, different angles from which they can come into the business and therefore how many you also equally you need to address as well. Some will be easier. Some people, you know, when I shared this this um, this slide and this image from about two weeks ago, people will say, oh, we'll go for the referral. Yes, you can go for the referral, you can aim, but you still have to do all of this work in order to ensure that you have enough customers who are repeat customers, who trust you, who think you are amazing, who will then refer customers to you. I hope that makes sense. So you cannot avoid this entire mess unless if your business can survive off two, three, maybe five customers, right? Then you can kind of handle this manually and do it one-on-one. -on -one. But if, if that isn't the case, um, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. We spoke about the idea of trust. You know, Zig Ziglar said, said it very well when he said, uh, people, if they like you, they'll listen to you. But if they trust you, it's only then that they'll do business with you. And I think it's a lot more... Um, it's a lot more important now. It's a lot more encapsulated in today's uh, business challenges that we face. And so trust is really something that we need to appreciate as needing to be built over the next, um, you know, the next immediate future, actually, if you haven't started working on it. And how do you get there? There are primarily three steps. Companies, our clients need to get to know you. And in them getting to know you, they need to know who you are. They need to know if they should care, i.e., is your message relevant to them? After that, if they believe that the message is relevant, they ask themselves, do they like you, right? Which is a question that I know all of you are asking yourselves right now, right? Maybe Chris and Paula maybe like me to some extent, right? Meaning I still need to prove myself. And we all need to prove ourselves to our clients, not just once, but all the time, over and over again. You know, it's like relationships in your personal lives. You don't just say to someone, hey, I love you today and think you don't have to say or even prove it over the next couple of however years you'll be together. Because like any other relationship, you need to nurture that relationship. Okay, you need to prove yourself. And it's not about buying people, but it's really about, you know, one of my one of my friends, Trevor, says, um, 
love and, and change are verbs. They're action words. You actually need to do those things in order to prove yourself that you are, you are truly, you know, the person you say you are in those relationships. And then lastly, you need to prove that you are an expert. You need to prove that you've helped other people in the past so that the clients that you are presenting yourselves to as wanting to help them achieve the same level of success that they can look back and say, oh, he's actually done this. She's actually done that. This company has uh, achieved amazing results. We would therefore like to work with them. Sometimes we think this happens automatically by itself. No, we actually need to implement processes and systems that are going to ensure that we get to that point. So how do you do all of this stuff? You implement something called inbound marketing. Now, many of you, I know you're already implementing this stuff, but they, they still fragmented, right? And you may not necessarily have the context. So, so uh, context, I mean, theoretical context. Um, again, I see this uh, a lot that businesses have, but when you ask them, hey, how is this connected to that? They don't necessarily have the answer going back to being disconnected. So inbound marketing is not just about marketing and it isn't just about marketing doing the work. It's really about your entire business, including marketing, sales, uh, operations, um, service, support. It's about everybody in the business, including finance. I'm sure you've seen how, you know, you'll do all of this amazing work in marketing, sales, and service. Um, and then when the client goes and speaks to finance, because of finance general attitude, which you all know, they piss off the client, right? So we want to make sure that every department in the business does all this amazing work that's going to help the company to attract, engage, and more importantly, to delight the customer as a way to grow the business while providing value and building trust. And when it comes to providing value, we don't just provide value when the client buys or when, once they've purchased. It is from the word go, from that first time that the client um, visits your website or they pick up the phone and call you, whatever the case may be. Now, inbound marketing can help you in various ways. It'll help you to attract more customers. It'll help you to build that trust so that customers are more willingly to spend more money with you um, and, and ultimately to have them coming back to buy more frequently from you as repeat customers. So there's a free app for those who don't have it. I'll, I'll gladly share a link when we're done here. Um, and and I, I guess as a dis disclaimer, you know, there are many systems out there that, are, that, are, that can do what I'm gonna be sharing with you. Um, but as a, you know, as a certified uh, practitioner of, of HubSpot, that's really our go-to go -to application that we use. But what I'm going to share with you can be done by not only cobbled together systems, um, but it can also be done by other systems. So what I'm sharing with you is more of a concept than it is an actual application. All right. So I hope that's fine with you. Um, are we still are we still good? Let me just do a check in before I jump into this first step of uh, inbound marketing. Are we still fine, Chris? Is everybody yes. okay? Yes. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> so, step one of the inbound marketing um, concept framework or methodology is, is called attract. So, as you can see on the screen, we've got three stages. We've got attract, engage, and delight. All of these steps or these three steps are supposed to help you to, to actually get better connected to your customer. And attract is really about you making it more about the customer and less about your business. It's about ensuring that you focus on the value that you can deliver to your client by being helpful to them, by being relevant to them. I, if you're not, you remember earlier, you will get switched off. Uh, and so we want to make sure we understand who our customer is, what do they need, how can we best help them, 
and so on. And, and what you want to do is you want to create assets. Uh, again, some of you I've seen on your website, you actually have these, but bear in mind, by the time clients get in touch with you, they have done a lot of research online. Now, the question is, how much content do you have online today that will help the client uh, better establish that trusting relationship with you, get them to know who you are, get them to like you. And we generally get people and clients to get us to, to like us by providing them what we call lead magnets, right? So what is a lead magnet? A lead magnet is, is an asset that is perceived to be of high value that can specifically help your client to solve a particular problem or particular challenge, right? So we would provide these in a way to you know, for them to get to know who we are, what we do, but it's really focused on them. It's about solving for them and solving for their client, uh, solving for their problem rather. Um, and what you wanna do here is make sure that you establish great relationships using this concept of lead magnets and it can be done in various ways. And hint, hint, if you haven't realized this, what we're doing here today is a lead magnet, at least to some extent, right? Now, there are various different types of lead magnets out there. There are webinars, there are eBooks, um, you know, there are free coaching sessions and there are 30 day free trials. Now, who can tell me why free consultations, free coaching sessions and free trials of software don't typically work? Does anybody want to take a jab at that? Why do you think free consultations are not such a great lead magnet and why they don't work as well as they used to about 10 years ago? Anybody? Uh, sorry, Chris, you're muted. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Felipe says he's not sure. Okay, great. So, so the, the reason is because, remember going back to this stat right here, clients are 65 to 90% ready uh, or off the way through to making a purchase decision before they contact your business. This is because they don't want to talk to you yet. They're not ready to buy from you. So as a lead magnet, the best way is to provide them content they can either download or watch by themselves because they're still doing the research. They're not necessarily ready to consider a solution, if that makes sense. So um, lead magnets like free coaching and free software will be ideal when they are considering different solutions. But in the beginning, they're still raising awareness, remember, in terms of how they can go about solving those problems. So I hope that helps. And for those of you with free uh, coaching and, and free consultations, this, this will probably be one of the reasons why it's not working. Um, some examples that um, you may be familiar with, um, I know I fell for the Netflix one, I don't know about you guys, but when they came out and said, hey, free 60 days, I was like, I'm in, right? And when those 60 days were, were done, I really wanted to, to obviously continue watching and I've been a repeat customer since. And, and I, tr I promise you, I, I'm not going to care by how much they keep increasing um, the subscription fee. I'm just going to be there. Um, and to highlight this, this uh, client here, the seven keys of power dressing, is one of our clients that we helped air fashion. You know, sometimes businesses will typically feel they don't necessarily have a way to come up with a lead magnet because they are in a weird industry. Anybody, any company can come up with a compelling value, uh, value proposition and a compelling lead magnet that will get them leads. So they are in fashion, they sell high-end fashion, um, very expensive fashion. And, and so they obviously couldn't give away freebies, right? Uh, dresses as freebies or whatever the case may be. And so we help them to come up with this value proposition, which is they help women to gain a sense of power through their dress, through the way they dress rather. And as a lead magnet, what we did is we helped them conceptualize these seven 
uh, styles, that if you wear these seven styles, you can exude power through the way that you dress at, at, at work. And this was prior to the ladies obviously buying dresses for them. Again, that's how you create value. And what we also did with this lead magnet, which was just a PDF, we helped them uh, duplicate it into, or repurpose it rather, into a, a, um, a presentation they could do at corporate so it work. They would go and host companies at corporate and actually use that as a lead magnet and obviously meet with the ladies who wanna gain a sense of power through the way they dressed and, 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 and so on. And, and you can imagine how it, it then roll out after that. One of my favorite lead magnets is with Vespa. Vespa will teach you how to ride a scooter. Okay, I'm not allowed to call it a scooter. They call it a Vespa. And they'll even give you breakfast in the morning. I mean, what a wonderful lead magnet, right? chances are you'll definitely buy from them. Uh, they'll obviously teach you, they'll raise awareness about how to look after it, how much it costs, you know, safety features and, and, and all the likes. So you wanna make sure that your lead magnet is so powerful that it's compelling. It makes, it really drives the client or the prospect to take action and, and, and come and spend time with you uh, while they are going through that awareness stage. All right, so that's the attract stage. Um, Again, it's really not about your company at all. It's about resolving for the customer. It's also not about fighting for the customer because your lead magnet in itself is supposed to qualify or qualify prospects in or qualify them out, depending on what they need. I.e., if your lead magnet is not compelling enough to somebody who's a little bit more uh, sophisticated, they will obviously overlook you. So you want to make sure that you cover uh, as many of the, the, the prospects as possible. And again, it's really about building trust. Chris? Yeah, okay, okay. So um, Lisa says, generally people don't take getting something free seriously. Uh, when they spend a bit of money, they do. To answer on that. It's, yeah, it's a good point. Um, I, I think it depends on what it is that you are, that you are selling. Um, it's Lisa, right? Yeah. That you are selling and promoting. And it has to be to a, um, an aligned, an aligned uh, target audience, right? And if you know your target audience very well, I, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know of a human that would say no to something that is compelling, that, that is relevant if they would get it for free. I've never come across such a human being who would say, I don't take anything serious unless it's free, right? This is not about giving everything that you provide for free, but it's really about information, um, being um, informative to the client, being helpful to the client, because in almost all cases, Clients don't necessarily know everything, right? In terms of what they need. I mean, they'll typically ask their friends. You remember that? They'll typically ask their friends, their colleagues, their spouse in terms of, hey, how do I go solving for this problem? And I doubt that they want to pay for every piece of information or insight that they get. And so it's really about you productizing, packaging your content in such a way that it makes sense. And if you don't like the idea of free, the next closest thing is what's called a tripwire. A tripwire is like we've done with our books. You know, you can put together a book and sell it for 20 bucks, sell it for 50 bucks. What that does is it serves as a dual purpose. It will serve as a lead magnet, but it also serve as a way to train the client to start buying from you because if they do buy that, pay the 20 bucks or 50 bucks for a book or any small little product that you're selling, it's already training them to actually buy from you. And if you do deliver on the promise on that small package or small product called a tripwire, then chances are you've, you've developed or established a, a relationship, right? Um, so I do hear you. I'm just saying, if you really feel that way, then, then develop a product that you can sell. It could even be the lead magnet. You just put a price on it. Um, obviously, I, I understand that some, some target audiences are so sophisticated that uh, they may not necessarily take certain things, 
um, that are free, um, seriously, but um, I, I doubt that will be the case um, altogether. Sorry, just one last thing here. I want to talk about the tools. Remember, we were speaking about tools, the importance of having, um, let's call them um, integrated tools, right? So in that track stage, you obviously want to use ads to advertise your message. Your message may be for a product that's for free, but you still want to put it out there on social media, newsletters, and all of those things. You want to put blogs um, and, and, and put together a content strategy that's going to help get the content out there. You cannot get away from marketing. You still need to market. You just need to make sure you market relevant content to relevant um, target audiences. Step two, the engage stage begins at the moment when the prospect takes a desired action, i.e. they download your lead magnet, they call the office, they download the, um, the voucher if you have one, okay? Vouchers still work now and again, but they're not necessarily, I don't necessarily think they'll be established on a, on a, on a great relationship because it's still a transactional relationship, right? unlike when you provide clients something of value. Uh, but whatever the case may be, the, at the moment that this, the prospect takes that action, um, the desired action, you really need to start moving along and, 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 and being, remember we spoke, one of the things I spoke about is instant gratification. You wanna make sure that your response time is on point, okay? Because if you spend like five minutes um, to respond to a client who's expecting a, a, a response from you right away, if within that time you don't deliver, chances of them wanting to do business with you decreases by up to 10 times just after five minutes, okay? Can you imagine now what, if, if you take like two, three, five days to get back to a client, right? The chances of them doing business with you like goes close to zero. And you're not the only one they're gonna contact at that moment. So if they reach out to you, you don't respond, after five, 10 minutes, an hour, whatever the case may be, they will go to a competitor. As a matter of fact, if I know personally when I do that, I'll have multiple tabs open with multiple service providers doing the same thing. And I'll go in and, and see if I can, who will give me the best uh, information when I need. I mean, I'm using this silly laptop today. You, I'm sure you saw how weird my face looks because, because it's not my camera, right? It's not my, my laptop. Now my laptop broke yesterday, my MacBook. I have to go and get a new one. I have to leave today and go ahead and get a new one after I'm done here. The point is instant gratification. We all want what we want now. If I'm looking for a laptop that is mission critical for my business and you don't respond in five minutes, trust me, I'm gone. I'm gone to the next competitor. All right, so what are the tools you wanna to use in the uh, engage stage? You wanna make sure you converse. You wanna make sure you, you solve your client's problems. You continue to provide them with, with answers to questions they have. And one of the things that always comes up, yeah, it, yeah, but how much? How much are you supposed to give? Look, for as long as we've been doing this, which is over a decade, we've never felt like we've given people more than we should. Um, because if a client calls and they have a question, there's only so many questions they'll ask prior to them purchasing, if, if that makes sense, right? Um, and so we've never felt that we are continuously in conversation with clients that never end. No, we never felt that way. Yes, we will have clients that... Um, that are on our newsletter for years prior before they purchase. But by the time they purchase, the relationship is so well established, they trust us to a point where they don't even ask what the price is, right? And so it's really about uh, when they do take that desired action, you wanna capture the information, you wanna establish the relationship, you wanna nurture those leads, you wanna nurture that relationship and personalize communication. Some of the tools that you can use nowadays, we've got bots, we've got live chat, and obviously on social media, some clients still engage with companies on social media and not necessarily via email and websites. And you can automate emails, you know. 
Um, some people have done it badly. So I know you've had a terrible experience. And so you don't necessarily feel that uh, you, uh, you know, it works, but it does work. I, I don't know what kind of companies you engage with, but some companies are amazing in terms of how they'll automate experiences. And we've worked with some great companies uh, that, um, if I may say so myself, we've helped them to get to that point. Uh, but there are many service providers and many different applications that you can use out there to make this entire experience um, automated. Chris, before I jump to the last step, uh, I just wanted to do a quick check-in. Are we still are we still good? Are people yeah, still yeah. Have you? Everything's so great. Wonderful, wonderful. All right. Um, and just the last stage, the final stage of your inbound marketing. And remember, inbound marketing is not just about marketing. It's about all of these things happening at once, especially when it comes to this particular stage, which is, ensuring that you want to pull out all the stops here right it's really about ensuring that you are aligned with your sales and service team members to deliver an amazing and delightful experience with your uh, for your customers and, and to get this right though you must have the right strategies and the right supporting tools uh, to ensure that it all works that each department is easily able to hand over to the next one um, uh, and also surprisingly it does become much easier than uh, than you may think originally because there are so many businesses that don't, don't take this seriously, right? Um, and as I mentioned, 74% of people say they are likely to switch brands if you make it difficult for them to purchase. Um, and 51% and of customers who say they won't buy, rather they'll continue buying um, if they, they won't continue rather buying from a business if they get one negative experience. So if you can get this right, trust me, you can thrive because there are so many businesses that just don't care about it. Um, it's really about providing that delightful customer experience. Some call it a wow experience. Um, and again, it's today is one of the easiest times to actually wow your clients because so many companies just don't, don't, don't pay attention to it. Um, you want to make sure that you are memorable here. You want to pull out all the stops. You don't want to give away your firstborn just to impress your client, right? But you want to do what's, uh, what's reasonable and what is repeatable so that when that same client comes back, or they share word with, with uh, colleagues and friends on social media about the experience that they had, they had that you are able to actually deliver the same. You want to be consistent in this as well. We need tools to automate and so on. Um, and again, you want to make sure that your, your sales process is, is up to, you know, it's on point when they do make those purchases. You want to make sure that you know exactly what the client needs, that you're selling them the best thing you could sell them. Uh, and there are various steps that I won't go into now that you want to make sure that uh, you do check off within this delight stage, um, i.e., you know, you are able to, to get customer feedback to make sure that is the client actually happy? If they're not happy, you go back and you fix what they're not happy with. Okay, you don't want to leave an unhappy client because uh, we know it costs anywhere between six to eight times more to get a new client. When you have a new client, it's cheaper to get even more clients from them through those testimonials and referrals that we spoke about. Folks, as simple as, you know, as, and as quickly as I went through these three steps, but these are really the steps that you want to implement in order to increase uh, the number of leads that you have, uh, to increase the value of purchases, as well as the frequency of those purchases from clients while ensuring that you get connected um, to those customers. I'm gonna quickly run through um, what, what HubSpot, how HubSpot can help you with this. And again, what I'm gonna share with you is really in the free application. And by free, I don't mean it's limited um, trial in terms, of, in terms of a lifetime, it's free for life, okay? But of course the functionality is, is, is limited. So to start off, 
you can get a CRM, okay, that manages all your contacts, I believe up to a million, you can add up to a million in there, um, and, and, and of prospects, customers and companies that you deal with, um, you can create additional custom fields and custom tables, there's a, so much that you can do, and again, it's for free. Uh, there is a the only limit that you have is the number of customers that you can email out every month uh, i believe it's sitting at like two thousand every month also um you can also keep track of your sales your deals so this is the crm component in terms of um, the sales pipeline again this comes for free you can uh, create uh, i believe up to two sales pipelines to ensure that every deal that you're working on um is, is, is handled effectively across your sales pipeline. You also have a couple of additional hubs. There are five hubs that uh, HubSpot has recently um, kind of notched up. Some we already know. You have the marketing hub. Um, here you can attract and engage new customers by creating relevant personalized marketing, um, helpful marketing, as we spoke about earlier. You can use the marketing hub. Also a standard one, there's a free package. There's a free one. You also have sales, helps you build efficient sales processes so you can better engage your prospects. Um, you can even do phone calls, meetings. Um, I'm sure you've seen that free uh, calendar booking system. There's one that's included in this, in this application. Uh, you also have a free service hub. This is where you get a unified box uh, for all your support services that you'll provide to your clients. You can also build websites. <laughs> for those who don't have websites or you wanna build landing pages for free, folks, um, in the uh, uh, HubSpot CMS hub as well. And it also has some automation. The automation, um, uh, I believe is for free for the first one or two automation tactics that you imp implement. The rest, um, you'd have to upgrade for that. And more importantly, going back to the connected customer aspect, you wanna make sure that you have aligned reporting, comprehensive reporting, and that you don't have to look at five, seven, 10 systems in order to see um, where you are with your customer. Um, applications like HubSpot, are really a few of them out there that can do this um, in an integrated way. Um, so yeah, there's a free package that you can get. I'm more than happy to share the link with you um, should you need, uh, but yeah, that's it from me. I hope uh, I hope it was uh, useful. Well, thank you, thank you Keke. It was uh, quite insightful and very informative, I must say. Um, is there, there anyone that have any questions for Keke? You can type or you can unmute yourself if you'd like to talk. Okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you did the presentation very well. Okay. Very, very informative. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll just share the link um, in case anybody's interested in that. Um, oh, yeah, perfect. Okay, okay, Felipe says, what's the best lead magnet you've seen? Um, very good question. So um, I, I guess maybe maybe I'll be a little bit biased on this one. Um, Natasha, thank you. It was a pleasure. Appreciate it. So there's a, there's a score tool that we find that uh, quizzes, okay, a quiz or a little score that somebody can take in under two minutes, three minutes, because they also feed into that instant gratification, right? If somebody wants to see if they qualify for something, or are they ready for something? Or do they have all of these things in place? You know, can they actually get the score right now? We found that to, to be probably the most successful out of all lead, uh, lead magnets. Um, and, and also PDFs, like a one-page checklist. You know, again, sometimes we think 
we're supposed to have a lead magnet of more than uh, you know more than more than a couple of pages. We actually don't. You could seriously choose just do one one pager uh, that has a um, that has a, uh, a checklist of some sort, which is five, 10 items. Um, we've seen those also work extremely well. Oh, wow. Anyone else with any questions? I think you presented so well, KK. Everyone just took notes. <laughs> excellent, excellent. No, I appreciate it, I appreciate it. Oh, okay, great. Thank you everyone for attending and thank you, KK. That was that was great stuff, really. It was. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, and uh, have an amazing day further. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Lisa, Stephanie. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Chris. You. Cheers, cheers.